This podcast is brought to you by Bruner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbruner.com and take your skills to the next level. Have you ever felt an immediate connection with someone that you never met before? Maybe a strange dream keeps reoccurring, or maybe you feel like you were born in the wrong era. Some may call it deja vu, others say you're interacting with a past life. Hello friends, and welcome to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my guest today has been helping people discover their past lives for decades in order to live their best life in this lifetime. Michelle Eads, welcome to my podcast. Hi, Liz. It's an absolute joy and delight to be here. I'm actually excited about talking to Michelle Eads after listening to your intro, so thank you for that. (laughs) Well, if you can't tell, listeners, Michelle is actually in Melbourne, Australia right now. I love that we're doing this, and I love the fact that our show is heard around the world. So thank you once again, Michelle, for joining me today. I can already hear some people saying, past life, what? (laughs) How do you explain what a past life is or define it for us? It's a hard question to answer, actually, because I just do it. I just have been doing it for such a long time that it kind of like is just the way I see the world. Probably the easiest way to describe it for other people is when there's something that's been going on in your life that just doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't matter what you explore, how you look into it, you know, where all your memories are or anything. It just doesn't make sense. It feels almost like it must have come from somewhere else. And when you get to that somewhere else feeling, um, that's quite often a past life thing. And that's how I explain it. And also you don't have to believe in past lives because you can just, it's just like storytelling and it's fun, or you can believe in past lives because it makes sense to you. And that's how I feel. It's like a visceral feeling in the depths of my being kind of covers all the options. And when you are exploring past lives, how does that help us as we explore past life, perhaps to live today? It's a really awesome tool for making sense of something and then also tapping into strengths you might not have had before. So if there's a blockage in something that you're doing, like a business thing where you just can't work out why I'm not going forward. Why is this like so hard for me to understand? It can be something that's happened in the past, like in this lifetime, but it can also be something that you decided on, made a a commitment to, or took a pledge with in a past lifetime. So looking at all of the reasons why something happens, past lives is just another aspect of that. So it gives you clarity. I've been told that it brings sanity to the insanity For me, I'm just naturally curious. And the more I can find of me, I call them pieces. The more of those pieces I can find, the more I understand me. And I feel like I can be a better person because of that. Well, the idea of being reborn or having past lives really is nothing new. It's, It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. So when you have heard skeptics um, who may not believe in reincarnation, what do you say to that? What sort of evidence do you give them, if you can, that this does exist? I don't tend to give them evidence at all, actually. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What I do, Liz, is like, uh, it's like that discussion about faith or about religion or about any of those topics that we weren't supposed to discuss. I grew up in in that era of you don't talk about religion or politics or sex. And it's like, same thing with past lives. 
it makes sense to me. I believe it. I'm okay if you don't believe it. So we can just look at it as your imagination. Mm. There are people who have explored this, who have dug into reincarnation, which is how I kind of got into it in the first place. And there are books written on it. But again, just because other people have written books doesn't mean you have to believe. I think it's a faith thing. Is there a difference between past life and reincarnation or are they basically the same thing? I tend to use past lives as the term. I believe they're the same thing. Okay. Maybe the purists would say it's reincarnation. I don't really know. I tend to do past lives because it's fun. It's easy. Uh, It's possibly, well, it's easier to say if nothing else. (laughs) And I think it's more compatible with how people see the world. Reincarnation to me feels very Eastern philosophy kind of stuff, which is Mm -hmm. not normally what people in my world tend to have any connection with. Well, your journey and your quest to explore past lives began when you were just 14 years old and you had a crush on a boy in school. (laughs) Tell us about this story. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I definitely had a crush on this boy. I had a, a difficult childhood. My world was very dark and I kept to myself a lot, didn't really feel like I fit, fit with the world. So when this this boy, we crossed paths, we were in the same year at school and um, there was just this connection. And funnily enough, years later, he said he did acknowledge that like last year, I think it was or something. So we've known each other for a long time. And we were just having a conversation and he made in the space of this vast conversation where I was just being like giddy, like deer in the headlights, kind of like, oh my God, he's talking to me. <laughs> He made this one comment, which was, but we've known each other before. Now, it's really, really interesting because he was probably the very first person that I ever talked about past lives with. And then his path took him on a very strict religion uh, path, which was not involving past lives at all. So it's interesting that he kind of sowed that seed. And even more interesting, it lit something up inside me. Now, I'm 14, pretty curious about the world, felt like I was like just a mess. My life was literally a mess. Mm. But this resonated with me. And once it's a little bit like a dog with a bone, once I got onto it, it was like, well, I can't not dig into that. Now, firstly, the crush of my life (laughs) made this comment to me. But secondly, it really hit something deep in the core of my being. And I went, okay. And that's how it started. So 40 years later, I'm digging into it on all all different levels. Did you have that same sort of feeling that you had known him from somewhere or just did you feel that connection or was it just you were just so giddy you couldn't recognize it maybe? (laughs) No, I definitely did because we were in the same circle of friends and we would be at parties or we'd be out somewhere or whatever and there was a knowingness with him that I had no awareness of. Like I just didn't have any other life experiences that explained that. So my very first thing I ever explored was the topic of soulmates because it was very topical at the time. And it was the one thing that you could talk about and not have people look at you strangely. So with him, it was like, I just knew I had a knowing about him. And he obviously had it with me as well. I love that, that you just brought up soulmates, because I think people often talk about, oh, I want to meet my soulmate. Well, we probably have more than one quote unquote soulmate, if you consider it in the context of past lives. Most definitely. I have at least two past life husbands 
not including the boy I'm just talking about then and not including my husband, who are all past life relationships. How does your husband feel about all this? Your current husband. You know, I'm, I'm super, super lucky that my husband is as tolerant maybe or laid back. I don't know what it is. Open? Yeah, I, I guess. Or maybe he just loves me so it doesn't matter what I say. I can be really outrageous. That's unconditional love. I love that. Absolutely, because the three of us, so the boy I went to school with and David and I, David's my husband, we're all at school together, all in the same circle of friends. So for a really long time, I didn't talk to David about my experience with John. Over time, I had to because I was really worried that one day John would turn up at my front door and I would leave David to go with John. So, I mean, there was a really (laughs) strong connection there. Years go past and I, I was having tarot card readings. The reader that I went to, whole other story, but we found out he was a past life husband. Mm. So we had been married in a past life. Our connection was, again, that kind of like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's more a feeling. It's just this knowingness. And he loved me and I loved him and it was amazing. And for a period of time, he was very significant in my life. And we used to meet up for coffee or go to have coffee afterwards and we would hold hands. So David wasn't threatened by that because this past life husband was gay in this lifetime. So he, he just knew that there was nothing he had to be worried about. Yeah, interesting. The one I found most recently was a bit more of a worry and it did engender a few more deep conversations. <laughs> but again, like I'm committed to David. David and I have been together for many, 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 many lifetimes and we've been together, oh God, a really long time, like 30 years and known each other for 40 years in this lifetime. So it's a lot easier. We have that trust. Mm. It really doesn't make it easier. Right? I need to just add in. Soulmate stuff is really hard. You talked a moment ago about experience a lot of trauma in your childhood and feeling different and that something was somehow wrong with you. And you, I think you used the word being in a very dark place and you had so much anxiety and even contemplated suicide at one time. I mean, I can't even imagine feeling that dark and feeling that different. Can you talk us through a little bit of that? Just having this conversation again, I'm actually working through a lot of stuff at the moment and The joy of aging and going through the life process is every stage brings you new awarenesses and insights and things like that. And mum and dad should not have got married, basically. That's the bottom line is they shouldn't have got married. But in the times when this was kind of like, I think it was 1961, there weren't too many choices. And so my mother's mother said to her, you've made your bed, you have to lie in it. So they came into the relationship with all of these challenges, which then meant that by the time mum got pregnant with me, she had a lot of fear around what dad was going to say because he didn't want children. You know, story, there's, there's a whole lot of stories and a whole lot of awarenesses I have now of the challenges mum had growing up with a father who wanted sons and had three daughters. So the combination of the two of them was really difficult for me. Mm. In utero, mum wanted to miscarry me because she was afraid of what dad was you know, going to say about being pregnant. And then I heard after the fact that she had to fight really hard to have my brother. My brother and I have a lot of issues. But what I've learned or understood now is that very first imprint period of being in utero, you take on board the stuff that your mother's going through. It's, it's not anyone's fault. It just mm-hmm. is what it is. But I didn't understand that. So there was a whole lot of the what I call neglect, lack of care, not feeling safe in those early days. And then on top of that, being apparently super, super intuitive meant that I was hearing and or sensing things that actually weren't what was being said. So I think that combination of things, but of course I didn't understand that at the time, yeah. but looking back on it, 
an interesting insight was David, my husband, and I went to school together and I said to him, is that how you saw me? Did you know how dark it was in my world? And he said, nope, (laughs) not at all. So it was very much my internal reality. But that was great because it led me on to exploring, well, why am I like this? Yeah, when I first moved out of home, I moved in with a, (laughs) I was 18 years old, moved out of home, moved in with a guy whose wife had left him and taken his three-month-old baby with him who he tried to commit suicide at least five or six times in the time that we were together for six months. And then we tried to do it together. It wasn't as graphic and terrible as I'm making it out to be. It was pretty bad. But the darkness overwhelms and it's like I didn't have any foundation because of my earliest life experiences to know how to cope with this. And it's really literally only been in the last 10 years that I have been able to build that foundation and find the pieces of me and have that support and structure in place. And so that's kind of the journey to here. And what I think I'm also hearing you say is that you believe that these dark times actually now have been a gift for you to learn and grow. I do. It's not a gift I would really like to have. I'd like to have had a choice about it. Because I believe in past lives and because I believe that this is a moment in time for the soul story, it's a lot easier to make sense of this. It's a lot easier to believe, I'm probably going to sound like I'm a crazy person right now, but to believe that the universe decided that I had to come into this family dynamic to create a circuit breaker. Mum and dad did separate. They did both remarry. There were so many things that I was forced to do because of our circumstances. But I look back on them and I go, they were really significant uh, life experiences that molded me to become the way I am. So as a result, I don't have any issues at all digging into all the dark stuff. (laughs) And I actually get a lot of joy from it because there's so much extraordinary stuff to learn from the dark. But because it's so scary, people won't go there. Mm-hmm. it's kind of easy for me. And, and that is a gift. I, I would not be who I am today if I hadn't gone through that. And if I hadn't married David. When you're working with people, you use Oracle cards. Can you explain to people what those are who may not know and how you use them and how it works? Oracle cards are pretty pictures <laughs> with positive words on them. So most people would have heard of tarot cards. Tarot is a, as an old system, it's a closed system of 78 cards and all the cards have a specific meaning. So they rely on symbology and they use a lot of numerology and all of the the ologies you can think of. Oracle cards are the same idea. It comes with a picture, quite often a keyword uh, like courage, and then maybe a phrase that that gives you a little bit more insight to it and a guidebook. Anybody can read Oracle cards and every part of the card is, there's a little message in it. So you can look at a picture, the courage card has a woman beating a drum and dancing. And it's like, I think of courage and I go, oh, be brave, be brave. But that woman dancing and beating the drum, the message is beat to your own drum. You can interpret it depending on what you see. Color has significance. Mm. Whatever intuitive thought comes in because you're talking about has significance. So I love it because there's no rules with Oracle cards, but they are a really great tool for just when you're in a, a session and you can see everything that's going on, like intuitively in your mind's eye, everything that's going on, an Oracle card gives you an anchor point or a jumping off point. So it just bring, hones everything into that one spot. That's why I use them. Are the cards always positive? Tarot cards can be quite scary. There's a devil card, the death card, and the tower card are all really scary cards in tarot. And scary because when you look at them, you kind of go, I don't want to get the devil card and I absolutely don't want to get the death card. I mean, does that mean I'm going to die? And it's not about that at all. It's about 
uh, the ending maybe of a, of a situation or you know, devil's advocate. It can be a whole bunch of things. Oracle cards are always positive. It's, uh, it's like a, a way to talk to your angels. It's a way to get that positive reinforcement. Okay, I can think of one deck off the top of my head that is completely inappropriate but still positive. It's a rebel deck, so it has a lot of swearing in it. <laughs> but it's still positive. It's like using expletives to say, get off your effing ass and do that exercise rather than it's a really great day for you to exercise. Why don't you go out and put on some music and do some, I don't know, some dancing or whatever. Everything is from that positive viewpoint. Anybody can use them. You don't have to know how to read cards. You can just buy a deck and go for it. Can we explore our own past lives on our own? And how do we do that? Oh, easy. Everybody can access their own past lives. A lot of it is just practice. And first thing, always believe that you can. Secondly, believe that you have access to that information. And then thirdly, you start paying attention to the signs around you. So this is how I would would say if you were starting out, what do you love? Like, what do you notice that you really loved when you were a kid that you weren't really, like there was no reason for you to love it? My example, Mary, Queen of Scots. What average Australian child at the age of eight feels this passionate connection to Mary, Queen of Scots? It doesn't make sense. Um, Cowboys and Indians. In Australia, we don't have cowboys and Indians. Why was I obsessed with cowboys and Indian movies? You know, a whole lot of clues turn up during childhood, whether you realize it or not. What food you love, what food you hate, like all of those things, they're all clues. The easiest way to look at it is to imagine that you're an author and you're writing a story. So it's just literally imagination. So if I was to imagine a story about an ancient queen of Egypt and she was beautiful like, and she's dressed with the most gorgeous fabrics. You can feel them. You can see them. They're silky. They're vibrant. They look like the hues of butterfly wings. They're just divine. And she's laden with gold jewelry, but she's very, very, very sad. Why is she sad? Oh, because the boy she loves, she can't have because she's been promised to somebody else. And you just go and you make a story. And the past life part of it is is this a story? And this is the tricky part. Is this just a story or is this actually something that I experienced? That was my question. It's like, how do you know it's not (laughs) your imagination being very creative versus a past life? It's a gut thing, going back to that whole thing of if this is what feels right in my gut. So a technique you can use is there's this idea that when you feel good about something, your energy goes up. And when you feel um, not comfortable with something, you you tend to, even your body tends to contract. So if you were to say, just to close your eyes and say, okay, I'm having this, this insight about this beautiful Egyptian princess, is this mine? Well, I know for a fact it's not. But when I feel into my body's response to it, I contract it. But when I think about it for somebody else who's listening, possibly even you, Liz, my body expands. So when it expands, that's my good feeling that says to me, I am on the right path. This is a past life. One of the things that you've talked about before is that you always wanted to be psychic growing up (laughs) and that you didn't realize that you really were all along. (laughs) When did it finally connect for you that, yes, I am, that I have this ability? And how do you use that with the Oracle cards? I think it was all, this was all connected to the, this whole idea that we've known each other before. So I went on a big quest to try and work out, well, who am I? what do I need to know? There must be more that I just don't know how to access. So I had a series of uh, tarot readings back in the day. 
eventually I got to the point where I found a reader and I said, you need to do a past life reading. I need to understand why that boy made that comment to me. So my beautiful reader at the time, she was so beautiful, so gorgeous, so accommodating. She'd never done past lives before, but she said to me later, you were so insistent. And I said, awesome. You know, like (laughs) I'm so grateful she did that because she then introduced me to two other amazing readers who just seemed to make it all seem really easy. So I went in and I would say, I'm having a problem with dad. What's the problem? I have a lot of problems with my dad, but what was the the story there? And that was when I found out that he had me beheaded in a past life. And I went, oh, (laughs) then that probably makes sense. And for me, it was like, oh, and then everything eased in me. Not that it fixed the problem, but it just went, I wasn't stressing about it. I was just more relaxed. So fast forward to 50 or 60 readings and I was having one of those same conversations with my past life husband where I was asking about one of the women I'd met through my kid's school. I said, so what you're describing, this is a picture I have in my head. And he said, is that what you're seeing? And he said, if that's what you're seeing, that's what it is. And I went, oh my God, I am actually psychic. I can actually do past lives. So it wasn't that I wasn't psychic. It was just that I hadn't made the brain connection. Yeah. Partly because there was no one to talk to about this or show me or help me to understand. They just weren't available. You had to go into little dark corners of bookstores that were hidden away and explore all these things that had like reincarnation, a really mm-hmm. big word, things I didn't understand from Eastern philosophies. I couldn't access people who could help me understand that I already was psychic. I think there's a big difference in using the word psychic and using the word intuitive. I tend to go with intuitive because psychic tends to remind me of hotlines and crackpots and people (laughs) who don't actually know what they're talking about. Whereas intuitive, everybody is intuitive to a degree. Mine just happens to be super developed. So I see pictures in my head, which is Mm -hmm. why my clairvoyant readers were really wonderful because they saw pictures in their head too, and they could help me understand that. But before that, I didn't know that that was what I was doing. I know that one of your mentors is Dr. Brian Weiss, and he's the author of many wonderful books, including Miracles Happen. And he does a lot of past life regression therapy. And I've actually interviewed him myself, and he's pretty phenomenal. What did you learn from him? He turned up in my awareness with Many Lives, Many Masters at about the same time I was exploring all of this. So I kind of feel like our journeys were like peers. I think he made it mainstream. He, he brought it out into the world that it's okay to be having these awarenesses to know that reincarnation, past lives, whatever it is you want to call it, acceptable ways of being, that there are plenty of people who have that. But he made it okay to explore that. He gave us permission to be able to dig into things. Your story has been unfolding for you for, as you say, five decades, and you <laughs> truly have triumphed over so much trauma And you talk about the fact that now you're in a pretty comfortable place with yourself. So, Michelle, how are you living your best life right now? Oh, so nice hearing someone else say that. Thank you. I am finally in a position where I'm well enough. I've healed enough. I can live the life that I really wanted to be living when I was 18, but didn't know how to do it. Mm. Like, I don't even feel like I'm aging. I just feel like, oh, good. This is so much easier. I I have wisdom and I have compassion for myself, but I think there's also a humility that comes that I've never had. I'm not 
angry in my head all the time. I'm not railing against something all the time. It's joyful peace is how I feel. And it's it like literally I'm 57. It has been my entire life getting to this point. Mm. And I just adore it. I adore everything. I just cannot get enough past life stuff. I love it. If you would like to learn more about Michelle, her website is michelleeds.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-E-A-D-E-S.com. And we'll have that for you in our show notes as well. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with us today. It's been quite fascinating to hear all your stories about past lives and, and really how we have access to that as well. So thank you very much. <laughs> It's been a pleasure and a joy, Liz. I could do this all day. It's just (laughs) glorious. Thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you for your openness. And thank you to everyone for tuning in today as well. May we all learn how to discover the powerful truth of who we are so we may become our best selves and grow in the light. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.